0: Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, and it is our aim to lead you to the cross through the teaching of God's word. Welcome to Truth Set Free, our Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities Q&A program. It is recorded live on Wednesdays at 3.30 p.m. with Pastor Matt Lewis and Steve Winery. You can view the live program at our Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities Facebook page and on our YouTube channel. You can text your questions to 707-872-7677 or email them to crosswalkradio at gmail.com. Hey
1: you guys, welcome to True Set Free. My name is Matt Lewis. Here's Pastor Steve Winery. We are coming to you live from Calvary Chapel, Tri-Cities. If you guys have questions for Pastor Steve during the week, you can email me, crosswalkradio at gmail.com. You can text 707-872-7677. You can leave a voicemail on that as well. For you guys that are local, we are back to three services, 730, 915, and 1115. It's in our indoor sanctuary. We have a Wednesday night, 630, and a Sunday night, 6 p.m. service as well. You guys can check us out on YouTube. Steve and Mike are putting on uh, Krantz YouTube shorts, one-minute videos, or uh, two-minute to five-minute videos. One of them was on Replacement Theology, and you guys can check that out. Um, He's putting building updates on there if you haven't seen that. um, We're getting close to our build, and Pastor Steve has walked around over there to show you guys. So check us out, social media, and there's a lot going on. Um, So I'll leave it there at that. Uh, My question starting off this week is from Tim. And it says this, What's your take on worship music that originates from groups that are slightly wacky or even completely heretical, but the song itself is not? This is in reference to using the song in leading worship.
2: Uh, okay, this is this is my take on it. When I'm looking at songs that I want in a worship set, I do not want them to be doctrinally dumb. You know, <laughs> they need to they need to actually represent what the Bible has to say. So, you know, obviously, I can tell that that's where you're at with that whole thing. You know, as far as where they come from, you know, Jesus at one point in Matthew chapter ten said, "If you're not for me, you're against me," right? And so that's something that I use in evangelism all the time. But when he was talking to the apostles in Mark 940, what had happened was some of the apostles came up and said that there's guys that are casting out demons and they're not with us, basically. You know, they're they're going out doing ministry and they're doing ministry in your name and they're not with us. Should we rebuke them? Should we tell them to shut up? And Jesus said, he who is not against us is on our side. And so, you know, there's a, there's a balance between those two things. And, and so I like to try to keep that balance. What I'd rather is that I didn't know who, you know, what kind of doofus wrote the song. That's what I would rather, if, it, if the guy's a doofus. Uh, because if it's glorifying to the Lord, then it's just glorifying to the Lord. So that, that's, that's my take on, on that whole thing. There are ministries that... Um, brings so much baggage to the table that it's not worth it. And so there have been times when uh, some ministry has has done something or been in, in some situation where the worship leader is getting a lot of flack because that ministry is involved, and I just go, just ditch the song, <laughs> you know. And so it's it's one of those things. And so there was back in the '80s, there was a, a split in Calvary Chapels, and uh, so some of the some of the Calvaries went off, and they became Vineyards. And Vineyard music was one of those things that was an issue, you know, with Calvary Chapels because these guys left us and that kind of thing. And I never, you know, I never, I just never really got into that. Um, I think uh, that there was good reason for vineyards to separate from Calvary Chapel in the, in the sense that they were going a different direction. And I didn't, I didn't agree with the direction. And so God bless you, man. And they're still Christians. They still, you know, they still follow the Lord and stuff. They just got off into some goofy stuff, but then they're, you know, they would be putting out music and some of the songs were good. And so it was one of those issues where should we use vineyard music or not? And I just tried to make it a non-issue. Uh, because again, what I want to do is glorify the Lord and if God uh, is being glorified through a certain song, then I'm good with that and again I'd rather not know what kind of goofy person wrote the song right the other thing you you have in this situation is once you start going down that road in in this sense and again I'm not saying that there aren't times that I just go just bag it with those guys but if you start going down that road then you're going to be you know looking at the at the life uh, the life and the lifestyle of everybody who's ever written a christian song and you go down down that road and you're dealing with musicians and every musician knows exactly what i'm talking about (laughs) you're dealing with musicians and some of these guys are really dumb You, you know they've done really dumb things and they act in really dumb ways and and you know they they may have been in a situation where when they wrote the song they were right on with the lord and then later on they're a flake on all kinds of levels and and so you have that. In fact, there some of the hymns that have been written were written by guys who backslid. And so one of the mo- one of the famous ones I'm trying to remember which one it is. Prone to wander. Uh, I'm I'm I was just listening to music, and so I can't remember what the tune is. You no on. uh, know what?
1: I know a song you're, ta- you're talking about. I'll, yeah. I'll look it up.
2: In any case, it's a great hymn. And the story goes, I believe, if I'm getting the story right, it was back in the 1800s. What That's is that it? That thou found of every blessing oh yeah come thou found of every blessing you know uh tune my heart to sing your praise and uh it goes through and talks about the fact that he's he's prone to wander and and that kind of stuff and there is a story about this guy meeting up with a lady in a stagecoach basically or a carriage and she's singing the song or she's humming the tune and he goes i wrote that song and at the time that he, she he's talking to her she he's backslidden and he's just a, a hot mess at that point. Robert Robinson. Yeah. And so, so what ends up you know, what ends up happening in a situation like that is, what are you, you going to do with that song? Because the guy backslid, and uh, as far as I know, I don't, I don't even know if he ever returned to the Lord at that point. And so we're singing a song that's awesome, that's written by a guy who walked away from the Lord. So <laughs> you've got these situations <laughs> that, that come up. And so, like I said, I'd rather not know. Um, if somebody's making a deal about it, then I'll go through and I'll I'll take a look at it. And if it ever becomes a situation where most of the people in the fellowship are going to just be thinking about the the flakiness of the group that's involved, instead of thinking of the Lord when they're singing the song, then it's not worth singing the song. Okay, so what
1: about this? Because what I've heard people say, and typically you have at least in our time right now, mm-hmm. bands that are really popular and actually their music is awesome mm-hmm. in the sense of they're extremely talented. Um, you know, like Hillsong United and different churches. And what happens is guys will say, Well, for new believers or for unbelievers, they'll bring them in using worship music because it's so awesome, but then once they're in the church, they're teaching them heretical views. So what would you say to not the churches Per se playing songs because you address that but for using it as and this is where the internet freaks out and Mm -hmm. some sometimes there's validity and sometimes it's just internet trolls Uh, but to that point what about the stumbling block of using it as a trap for people that don't know any better until they're in the church what would you speak to that
2: you mean in the in the sense of those churches
1: yeah, they say that they would. They'll use so their like
2: the, the whole Hillsong thing with all the corruption and all that kind of stuff. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, These they, guys go to Hillsong.
1: Well, they'll they'll get uh, brought in because of the music attracts them, and then once they're there, they're, th- that's when they're getting brought the, into where is i of asking. heretical teaching.
2: Oh yeah, you know, well you know it's like one of one of the things with, with that <clears> whole thing is is that you know you can use you can have heretics bringing people in with hymn music. For that matter, it doesn't even have to be the music that comes from these guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, I I don't know that this happens, but you could have situations where Mormons are using Christian music and they're and they're using that to because it's awesome, you know, and they're using that to attract young people into the cult of Mormonism. Right. Yeah. You know, and and so if that's you know if that's the case, and then obviously you know God's going to take care of that whole thing. He's the one who's going to judge in that situation. Right. And I think, uh, you know, with the groups that are, you know, are the people who are involved in uh, churches that are, you know, if it's heretical, the people who are involved in those churches and doing worship, um, they need to get out of there. And if that's, you know, being used as a tool to deceive people, then God's going to judge it. I don't know. Do I need to walk around judging it?
1: Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those things like, and I know you've already covered this, but I got into like boycotting people because I didn't want to yeah. support their views. Yeah. And then I started going down the, the road of researching all the stuff. And pretty soon, like, I'm living in a hut. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even go buy groceries because every place I go to just live life supports something I don't want to support.
2: Right, exactly. So
1: eventually, you hit the point where we're in the world, you have to live in it and somehow manage your witness accordingly.
2: Exactly. And so, again, you know, with, the, with this whole situation, when it, when it becomes a big enough deal, uh, like I said, I, I like to go through life specifically with the worship issue. I like to go through life oblivious. And if it's a good song, it's a good song. And if somebody comes up and says, hey, so-and-so wrote that song, I'm like, who's so-and-so? And why are you telling me this? And, you know, then they start to give me the, the information. I go, are you, sh-, you know, and I ask them, are you sure about that information? Mm-hmm. Did you check that? You know, because some of this stuff can just be gossip, right? And so are you sure about that information and da-da-da-da-da, you know, that, that kind of thing. And, and uh, are, are you saying that these guys aren't Christians? Are you saying that, you know, or they, they don't agree with us as far as cessationism versus the continuance of the gifts of the right. Spirit? Or are are they in disagreement with us as far as uh, the timing of the rapture of the church? Or are they, what what are they in disagreement about? You know, what's what's the what's the issue here? And you know, with some of this stuff, uh, there are churches that do silly things. One church that's known for this stuff, I uh, you know I don't I don't often watch their services, but I watched one service where a lady comes out with a with a staff that looks like Gandalf's staff, uh, you know, specifically designed yeah. to look like Gandalf's sure. staff and comes out and does this whole production about... There, there's this whole thing where they're they're coming out of the mines of Moria. Sorry to take you off into <laughs> Lord of the Rings land, but they're coming out of the mines of Moria and Gandalf is standing in front of a, a bad guy called a Balrog and he's on a little bridge and he says, you shall not pass and down comes the staff and the bridge breaks and the... Balrog, you know, goes down and stuff like that. Well, this lady was imitating that and trying to make the Balrog Satan and saying, you shall not pass and pounding on, you know, pounding the staff down and just complete silliness, complete ridiculous silliness. My my construction worker buddies would be laughing their heads off maybe throwing things at, at that person, you know, at that point. And it, it's, it, it's Irre- irrelevant to non-believers. Um, and the only people who jump on those kind of bagwa- bandwagons are usually superstitious, goofy believers. And so, but if they were singing a song there, you know, I'd laugh at the, at the Gandalf impersonation. And if the song was, was good... You know, the Gandalf impersonation, it's stupid and it's nothing but superstition on a lot of levels. And, you know, Satan's not afraid of your stupid little staff. <laughs> you know? It's amazing
1: I mean, to me, that yeah. Christians, you know, I'm going through the book of Proverbs and one of the themes is the gullible. Yeah. And it's amazing to me how many Christians will sit in that environment and be just be so gullible yeah. on those things. Well, when people are laughing at you,
2: yeah, it's cheerleading, is what it is. It's, it's cheerleading, and I had enough of that when I played sports. I don't need it in church. So, yeah. uh, in okay. in any case, the you know the issue is the you know the my big issue is is it doctrinally sound? Is it is, you know? And uh, again, I you know, uh, and again, a lot a lot of people get crazy with this stuff um, when you're talking about doctrinally sound. Uh, not every word of a song needs to be perfect uh, to be glorifying to the Lord. Um, you you have songs in the Bible, the the Book of Psalms, where the writer is accusing God of leaving him. Where are you? What do you, you know? What do you what do you do? Is that biblically sound? Is that doctrinally correct? God has said, "I will never, no never leave you nor forsake you." Right. And so there there are issues where. You have psalms where the writer is talking about his feelings. And usually what happens is in in the psalm, it turns around and the guy gets his head straight and it it ends up well. That's usually what happens in the book of psalms. But it doesn't mean that the song, everything in the song itself is absolutely doctrinally correct. Because a lot of times the writer is writing an emotional point of view and he, he doesn't have his head straight. When, when he first start, starts writing them. And it's in the Bible, mm-hmm. right? And so you, you got to keep that in mind. And the, then the other thing that you have with Christian songs, I'm, I'm just going to start going off here. Um, I think the, that the lyrics should be good. I hate lyrics that are grammatically incorrect. I hate lyrics that are goofy, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, Kind of cheesy, and that's a that's a personal. Some people love cheese, and so you know, I, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, I love you, brother, sister, but I don't like cheesy songs, and and so and I'm kind of getting tired of the water theme. You know, every everything's waves and and roaring oceans and and water of water everywhere. So I'm kind of getting <laughs> getting tired of that theme, and you know, and again, I'm just saying things, and I'm probably going to get. <laughs> lambasted for this yeah because we do have a radio station that yeah plays there, there's radio,
1: there's, stuff the that, there's stuff that
2: there's stuff that you see in christian music uh, you know that that can be goofy one of the things you need to remember is when a guy's writing a song he's generally got to find words that rhyme and so if you're looking for words that rhyme you're you're not always going to be able to come out with a with the best lyric on a situation And so I give people grace on that. You're also going to have um, situations where um, writers of songs are trying to bring across the point of view of the person that is singing the song. You know, again, he's writing from the point of view of somebody who is experiencing life like the psalmist did and taking their point of view and placing that on God. So... Again, with the, with the illustration of why did you leave me, God?
1: Okay, so I have an example of this, and this is, has come up in, to right. me before. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love knew of God. I you were going to do that. Yeah. And that's one of the things. And people yeah. will get mad and go, God is not reckless. Right. How come you're singing about that? And they're, they're focused on the nuance and not all your, the stuff that you're saying where you have the heart of the psalmist. You have the idea that God's sending his son to go to the cross to die for me. There is a... There's an attitude about that that is reckless to do anything that it takes to save me. Right, exactly. And you can't just make that a heretical doctrinal statement without...
2: And you have to understand the word reckless. Right? Reckless means uh, disregard. You know, it's the idea of a disregard for the consequences. Right. That's the idea of of, of being reckless. And so if I'm a reckless driver, I am driving in such a way that I don't care about the consequences to myself or to anybody who's in the car with me. That's reckless. Or to anybody who's on the outside, right? So that's reckless, a disregard for the consequences. And so when you, when you look at the love of God from my point of view, the fact that the whole story of the fall and sin and salvation is reckless mm-hmm. on the part of God because why would you allow that to happen in the first place? I don't know all the reasons for that. I think that it's because in the end, God gets exactly what he wants. And, it, and it's an awesome blessing. I think that that's, that's the ultimate answer to that whole thing. But from my point of view, this is crazy. Why, why would God put up with me for however long he put up with me before I became a Christian? And how, why would he pay such a huge price to end up getting me? And so again, he still
1: puts up with us now.
2: Yeah, exactly. And so again, when you're when you're looking at that from the point of view of the psalmist, and that's the guy who wrote the song, that's crazy, that's over the top, that's 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 huge, that's very dramatic, uh, what, what God did there. And and so you know when I when I first heard the song, I was like, you yeah, know, heard reckless, and I was like, you know, immediately I I didn't even spend seconds on the whole idea that. God was trying to run people over or something, you know, it was just like, that's, that's a great description from my point of view. It's like, yeah, you're over the top on this guy. And besides in the song, he explains exactly what he meant. So I don't know, you know, with the, with the stuff, give the guy a break. And if you, if you can't come up with a, if you're, if you're not a songwriter, you know, uh, I don't know, a little, a little humility is, is something that we need to keep in mind when, when we're talking about the, the work of others. And so there have been some songs over the years that I've listened to. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just yakking again. <laughs> when I was a kid, they had albums, right? And so when you got an album, you had one song, maybe two songs on the album that were just hits. You know, it's like, it's like they, were, they, they were singles that were just all over the radio. And all the rest of the album, you know, some of it was a little bit, was, was, was kind of a sleeper. And it could be a hit too, but some of it is just filler. <laughs> you know, some guy just sat down and in five minutes he, he wrote a song just to fill in. A lot of worship songs to me are filler because there's not a lot of thought to them, there's not a lot of content to them. And you know, they, they can they can be filler and I don't really like songs like that. But on the other hand, when it's when it's thoughtful and it's worshipful and it's uh, it, it's obviously glorifying to the Lord, yes, it, it can just worship is killer. And I think that most songs need to be like that. So
1: yeah, yeah. All right, there's your 25 minute answer there on the Good worship grief. song. <laughs> okay, next one says this. Is wanting to go to heaven technically greed, question mark? I understand that we should follow God because he leaves us and we should love him. But a lot of people turn to God because they are afraid of hell. Is this wrong?
2: It was a motivation that Jesus used when, when he was talking to believers. He's, you know, he, he talked about, uh, let, me, let me give you an example. This is, this is out of the Sermon on the Mount. In the passage, he says, he talks about adultery. He says, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. And then he says this, if your right eye causes you to sin, pluck it out and cast it from you, for it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. And then he does the same thing with the right hand. And so Jesus used the motivation of, you don't want to go to hell (laughs) to get people to behave in the way that God wanted them to. Uh, and again, because hell is, is so awful. I don't think that anybody who becomes a Christian comes into a relationship with God with anything like the love towards God that they're supposed to have because mm-hmm. they don't know him. The, the whole point of coming into a relationship with God is that you're meeting meeting up with him for the very first time. You're introduced to the Lord. And it's over a period of time that you grow in love with him. And so on the day that I got saved, there were two things going on. I realized that I was going to hell. And I didn't, I didn't know that when I walked in the door. I realized I was going to hell. And it's because of specifically the passages that the, that the pastor was sharing. And the other thing I realized is that God actually loved me. And I didn't know that either. And the hell part was more of a motiv- motivation for me than the love part was because I had no idea what the love of God meant. And so I knew that the Lord came down and he died for my sin, you know, and he paid my price on the cross, and that he did that because he loved me. But that, that's not all registering on the day that I get saved.
0: That's all the time we have for this week. If you have questions for Pastor Steve, email us at crosswalkradio at gmail.com or send us a text at 707 872 7677. God bless. You've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winnery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri Cities in Kennewick, Washington. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of today's message or wanting to know more about what it means to follow Christ, then please contact our church office by phone at 509-736-2086. You can also look us up online at calvary-tricities.org. There you will find a wide variety of Pastor Steve's teachings to listen to or download for free. If you want to join us for church sometime, we are located at 10611 West Clearwater Avenue in Kenwick, Washington. Our Sunday morning service times are 730, 915, and 11 a.m. We also have Wednesday and Sunday evening services at 6.30 p.m. We hope you have been blessed today and join us again next time for Crosswalk.